Wouldn't it be great if Christians could talk about the Bible and various issues without fighting or arguing or name-calling? Imagine if we could just sit down, have a cup of coffee, discuss, and even if we disagree, treat each other with respect. That's what this podcast is all about, kind, loving Christian conversations. It's not a sermon or a Bible class. It's just followers of Jesus talking about life and faith. I hope this show encourages you to have conversations like this with people in your life. I'm Wes McAdams, and I want to welcome you to the Crosstalk Podcast. Most of us have probably had conversations about atheists, agnostics, and skeptics, but have we ever just sat down and talked with our unbelieving neighbors? Have we listened to them? Have we loved them? Today's conversation is a bit different from the typical conversation on this podcast. This is a conversation that I had with my friend Brad Willett, who does not believe in God. I think you'll find this conversation insightful. Um, would you classify yourself as, I, I don't guess I've ever asked you this question, but atheist, agnostic, something else, and then why? Uh, yeah, so um, this is a, not as simple a question. Right, yeah, it's as, more complicated uh, than people think. Right, because, so atheists and agnostic really need to be defined, right? So Atheist is essentially the negation of the theist position. So a theist is a belief in a deity, and an atheist is the negation of that, so no deity. Um, a Gnostic position kind of connotates knowing, right? right? So an agnostic would be uh, not knowing. So they're, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. Right. So... For me, I, I guess I would classify myself as both. Huh. So, an agnostic atheist, yeah. I don't, I don't believe in a god, but I'm also not to the point where I'm just so certain that I can say there is no god. I'm just not convinced that there is one, but I don't know for sure if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Um. But even with that said. Atheist and agnostic, they're, they're weird labels to have, because where else in life do we define ourselves oh, yeah. on the negation of a, of a position, right. you know? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm not primarily an atheist. You know, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a craft beer enthusiast, uh, a science enthusiast, I, a humanist, yeah. you know? I, I don't like sports. But I don't watch a lot of sports, but, you know, I'm not walking around defining myself as an a-sports enthusiast. Right. You, you know, know, it's yeah. kind of an unimportant label. But, yeah. you know, I guess atheist is, is only important because of um, the importance made out of it from the theist side. Right. You know, I, I'd be perfectly fine shucking that label yeah. because it's... It, could be just as unimportant as a sports fan, right? You know? Yeah, I like I'm a I'm a a leprechaun believer. You know, I don't I don't believe right. in leprechauns, exactly. but exactly. I don't I don't think about it all the time. The only reason I guess is because for the majority of human existence, I guess you know we have believed human beings have believed in a deity or deities, uh, and so we've looked at. 
those that don't believe in a deity as uh, as different. And so, uh, as yeah. the weirdos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I guess skeptic would be the same. Would you kind of put skeptic in the same? I think that that seems to be a a term or a category that people throw out sometimes. Would you put that in the same category as as the other terms? Um. Yeah. I I guess skeptic is something that I could adopt in a positive sense. Okay. Gotcha. Um. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. Yeah, cool. Okay, gotcha. Um, now, you've shared your story with me before. And and let me say first that that this has been a helpful uh, dialogue for for me. I, I just went back and looked at our, our Twitter DMs back and forth. And, and I guess you, you and I have been talking <laughs> yeah. for like two years now almost. For a while. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. And, and it's really been helpful to me because it's a it's been a good reminder that that people on Twitter are people. <laughs> I mean, and obviously that should be, that should be obvious. Uh, but I don't know that it always is. Sometimes we have this tendency to treat people online like they're not real people. And, and we put them in a category, whether that be Christian or atheist or skeptic or whatever. And we, we, we treat them, you know, like a category or we treat them like a, like their um, avatar or something like that rather right, than right, treating exactly. them like a human being. And so it's been really helpful for me to, and I would consider you a friend. And so uh, our friendship oh, has that. been, has been helpful to me just, just from that perspective. So um, I, I would, I would love for you to share your story uh, with the audience so that they know where you're coming from. Absolutely. Uh, I'll note actually, I haven't been on Twitter in, probably nine, 10 months because it, it gets a little unbearable, yeah, you know, and yeah. when, when you're on there as an unbeliever, it starts, it starts arguments yeah. and not, not that I'm out looking for arguments. I'm looking sure. for, you know, conversations, yeah. but, uh, it turns into arguments pretty quickly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let me, let me get to my story. So I was raised in a Christian household. Uh, I was raised Baptist. And then I started attending um, uh, a Church of Christ with my then girlfriend, who I married in 2005, and been through quite a bit together. You know, uh, stint in the military, two kids later, a um, couple couple moves from a few different states. Uh, but in that time, uh, I at one point was considering. Uh, ministry. That's how. That's how in it I was. I guess I was baptized at twenty, one, twenty, some that that area is like two thousand and seven, two thousand eight time frame. I was baptized. Um, and uh, was looking at uh, Memphis School of Preaching for a little bit. Um, that didn't actually pan out for other reasons. I ended up getting a, a, a job offer that was just too good to pass up. Um, but in the, in the meantime, you know, be, because of my interest in being a minister, I started a lot of studying and researching and things. And, you know, there's one thing about the Church of Christ that I, I really like, and it's this, this desire to know the truth, mm. you know, and, um, and, and explore what what truth is, and that's that's been a value that I've I've maintained. You know, I want to know what the truth is, and you know, just in the process of my studying and researching, 
I, it got to the point where I wasn't convinced any longer that Christianity was the truth. So in in essence, I, I just um, I just changed my mind, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, not I can't really relate it to one specific reason why. Um, yeah, you know, think of it like a like death by a thousand paper cuts. You know, it was yeah. a, a bunch of little things that all added up to uh, and culminated into the my disbelief at this point. So, yeah, and I think that's helpful for people to understand that how serious you were about your faith and you know where you were going with that um, and your desire to know and that's what I've always appreciated about you and every conversation we've ever had uh, is your desire to know what's true and why why do you know that's true um, and so I think that that's uh, really helpful for everybody to know uh, your background so let's talk a little bit about um, what your experiences because probably the majority of our conversations uh, over the last couple of years have been about your experiences with other Christians uh, but and so we could go in a million different directions with that oh man I'm sure we could we really could yeah <laughs> we'll try to narrow it just to uh, what are some of the the myths that Christians believe and propagate and share about about atheists from your perspective what have you heard christians say or what have they said to you or or what in in your mind are the the things that they believe about atheists that just aren't true yeah absolutely i i have a couple of these but i i guess i want to start with you know there's a pew research report floating around from a couple years ago that um that indicates that Atheists are the second most hated group in America, hmm. right, right behind Muslims, which both are pretty unfortunate. Right. You know, I like to wager uh, that you know a lot of people don't really understand what it means to be an atheist or what it means to be a Muslim. You know, and uh, so a lot of this hatred or fear. Or, fear-based hatred kind of stems from these misunderstandings, you know? So that's why it's a good thing to have these conversations is because it, we can eliminate misunderstandings and we can really humanize each other. Yeah. So we're not just talking past each other and about each other. We can actually take the time to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I addressed the misconceptions with the term atheist early on. And I guess barring some of the, or leaving out some of the crazy ones like atheists worship the devil or atheists eat babies or, or communists, those sort of things. I mean, those those positions are out there, but I'd say there's they're in the extreme end of uh, the misconceptions. Um, but a lot of the common ones that I see, especially reading like uh, like apologetic articles and things like that, um, are things like. There's no good reason to be an atheist, or an atheist's life is a meaningless life, or atheists are just mad at God, or have no morals, or hate Christians, you know? And there's there's reasons behind each and every one of these, and I can get into some of my thoughts behind, behind those, but I think those are probably the biggest ones um, that, that seem to be misconstrued, or at least misunderstood by by the theist side. Yeah. 
I think what you said in the beginning is so incredibly helpful about humanizing. I, I had a, a friend on not too long ago, and he uh, he grew up as a Muslim in in Iraq, and um, and he became a Christian. But but he was talking about engaging with your Muslim neighbors. You know, one of the things that he said was, you know, obviously as a Christian, we want to reach them with the gospel, and we want them to become Christians. But you know, but his point was. If you're not going to continue to love them, even if they say no to your Christian faith, then don't even try. You know, don't even um, don't even try to share your faith with them. If if you're not going to continue to love them, if they say no, you know, if they they don't want to become a Christian, and I, and I think that so much of it goes back to fear, and and I think that so many travesties, so many injustices in world history have come about maybe just as much uh, through fear as they have hatred. And I love the way you put that, fear-based hatred. Um, and I think that uh, for whatever reason, we, we do have that fear of, of people that uh, are unbelievers or skeptics or atheists or agnostics or whatever the case may be. So it's helpful, uh, like you said, to, to listen and to, to have conversations and talk to people and realize that they're human beings. Um, and, and instead of, um, you know, just assuming the very worst about people, I guess. Right, exactly. I mean, we all have, you know, our tribes that we're a part of, you know, sure. uh, you know, Phillies fans or, uh, you know, in my case, being in Michigan, everyone here is a, a Lions fan. I'm not, I'm not a sports fan, so I get put into the other category in, in that, that situation. But, you know, Christians have their Christian tribe and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm big into like Japanese cars, Subarus. So, you know, we have our own little group that, you know, we have our own lingo and our own way to talk to each other, uh, regarding the things that we all share in common there. But I think more broadly, I mean, we're, we're all a part of, you know, humanity. We're all humans. Yeah. We're all part of this human tribe and, you know, constructing in groups and out groups, seems sort of silly to me even though i know it all happens and we all have the propensity to do that i think it's you know i have the practice of trying to break down barriers between people and you know trying to broaden my in-group as much as possible yeah and that's why i like the to call myself a humanist rather than an atheist because you know as a humanist humanity is my tribe you know so it's everyone's a part of the group regardless yeah. of you know, race, color, religion, what have you. Um, and, you know, I, I really think it's unfortunate that sometimes uh, because of this, uh, this tribalism of sorts, uh, you know, when, when somebody starts not thinking the same way as, as you, all of a sudden it's, uh, it means they need to be withdrawn from or, uh, you know, don't, not be friends with them anymore. I, I think that's it's a really unfortunate loss to, to think that way. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, something I've experienced, uh, you know, in, in the process of my uh, leaving the faith is that a lot of people ended up leaving me, which is pretty pretty unfortunate, simply because I stopped believing. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, you talk about morals and, you know, what, what is a person's moral standard or moral compass or whatever, you know, for Christians, kindness and love are supposed to be at the very core of what we practice and what we do. And so uh, it's unfortunate when we treat people with fear and hatred and bitterness and anger and, you know, all of these things that are really uh, the very opposite of what is supposed to be our moral foundation. But but that brings up, you know, back to the myth idea. You know, you mentioned that uh, one of the myths is that, that atheists have no morals. And I think that that, and I, I totally agree with you, and I've seen that too, and I've probably been guilty of, of propagating that idea, um, because I think that for a Christian, it's very hard for us to uh, sort of figure out if there was no God and if there was no eternity, um, what would what would be the motivation for right living? Um, which, of course, can get into all kinds of things. You know, you know that th- there's all kinds of problems with that idea anyway. That oh, yeah. somebody's just doing the right thing because they're afraid of going to a bad place when they die. You know, so you know that. But th- <laughs> right, right. Th- th- that aside, what would you say is is your motivation? What What would you say is the basis for your moral standard? Oh man, that's that is a complicated question. Sure. With a complex, complicated answer. If I want to take it down like the the scientific or philosophical route, but I think keeping it high level and just basic i mean it's it's the idea of you know being neighborly you know and um in this innate sense of empathy you know we all have some some semblance of empathy some people have a stronger empathy bone than others but at the end of the day you know we all see somebody in a dire situation and we, we can reach out and we can imagine ourselves in that person's shoes and say, I don't want that for myself. Therefore, this person being in this position isn't good either. So how do we help that? Um, and that's, that's really the, the I'd argue is the, the, the basic basis of morality in general is just, you know, this, this sense of, of empathy and, and wanting the best for ourselves and for each other. Yeah. You know, and, and I see that as such a, a commonality and a common ground to start from. You know, so you, you and I would both agree that the basis is, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we've got that basis, we could go from there. But it seems like, uh, you know, some of my Christian brothers and sisters, we want to dismiss your right to hold that view since you don't hold the same view of Jesus or God that we do. Um, and so we say, well, you, you, don't, you don't have a right to, you know, think you should love your neighbor as yourself because you don't believe in God. Uh, whereas I think it would be so much healthier if we just began from the, the points of commonality. I feel like so many times, uh, instead of embracing our common points and our touch points, um, we we dismiss those and say, well, you you can't hold that because you don't hold this other thing in common with with my line of thinking. That's a great point. I honestly, I think what I've seen a lot of apologetics is really assuming the worst of the other. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't necessarily go down the route that atheists have no morals, right? But it 
it's often put in language like atheists have no reason to behave morally. And that's, I mean, that's simply not true, you know? And when, when I see somebody speaking about, you know, me like that, you know, that's, that's difficult to see their point of view because they're already starting from the premise that I'm a terrible person Hmm. or I have no reason to be a good person, which is, why would you assume the worst of somebody like that? That that doesn't make sense to me. Um, and you know, I watched a a Christian broadcast recently that was going over a. a I want to say the the title of it was like, "Okay, my friends an atheist. What should I say to them?" And then began to list all of these assumptions and all of these myths that just you know, from an atheist hearing this. In watching this, it's like, no, all of that is wrong, and if you said this to me in person, I'd be a little bit upset. Right. Um, why, why can't we just go in assuming the best of you know, the other party and then work forward from there? But it, it makes it really difficult to want to even listen to you when you say things like, oh, if we take an atheist conception of morality to its end, they would have no reason was no reason to be upset with somebody coming in and you know murdering their family. Like, well, pump the brakes, there, guy. That's <laughs> that's not the case at all. Um, so yeah, it's it's disheartening to to read articles and apologetics and and see things like that because it's it's just not true. Yeah, and I I think that if if we did this more, you know, like you and I are doing right now. Um, and we talked about it, then then at least we could um, begin with an educated guess as to what the other side might say. But so often, like you said before, we talk past each other or talk about each other instead of talking to each other. So I think this is incredibly helpful. So what, And that, that already gets us into the next question I want to ask is, what are some other mistakes that Christians make when they engage in conversations with, with skeptics? Yeah, so I think one of the, the biggest mistakes is going into the conversation with those myths in tow. Yeah. Like, with those as your starting assumption, you know, that uh, atheists hate Christians, or we have no morals, or we're just mad at God. You know, none of these are, are true. You know, I don't believe in God. Why would I be mad at something I don't believe in? Uh, you know, or that life is meaningless. You know, if life is meaningless... I would have, you know, done something about that a long time ago, I'm sure. Um, but that's, that's not the case. Uh, so, you know, going into a conversation with these assumptions in tow, um, they're bad assumptions, you know. It's, it's best to, you know, try to go in blank slate. I know that's kind of hard to do and you know, nearly impossible, but be, uh, be fair enough to the other party to believe them when they tell you that, you know, it's okay, we're, we're not bad people, we don't hate Christians, we don't hate living life, we're not bad people, you know, it's, uh, you know, don't assume the reasons or the motives behind, you know, somebody being an atheist, you know, you see things like, oh, they're an atheist because they just want to sin, or, you know, somebody hurt them, uh, you know, which may be the case in some instances, but I'd I'd say that in general that's probably not the case. You know, I I wasn't ever hurt as during, I guess, my deconversion process. But 
you know, the hurt all came afterwards. You know, when I, I said, okay, I don't believe in God anymore, that's when the hurt came. But it, it wasn't a hurt that led to my disbelief. Yeah. Uh, it was more of a, an intellectual pursuit. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, so going in with, you know, those sort of assumptions and assuming motives and reasons, uh, you know, at the end of the day, being an atheist is an answer to one question. Do you believe God exists? And outside of that... I mean, we're people just like just like everyone else. Right. You know, and it really, I mean, even from, you know, from my perspective, if we're going to send people into the world to, you know, to share their faith, if that's a person's goal when they're talking to an atheist, if they want to convince them that God does exist, um, if we send them in there with the wrong sorts of assumptions, you know, like you said, you know, what what do I say to my atheist friend or whatever the name of that program was, you know, if, if we send them in there with the wrong uh, sorts of assumptions and the wrong way of going about it, then we're, we're setting them up for failure. Um, and so it's so much healthier, no matter who we're talking to, um, if we hope to have a, a conversation that goes somewhere, even if the place to which it goes is just friendship and just a better understanding of another human being, uh, then we have to go in listening to people instead of just just assuming that we know. And that's, I think that's what we do. You know, we, we all have the tendency to do that, I guess, generalize about people and say, well, you know, all Christians believe this, all Baptists believe this, all Catholics believe this, all atheists believe this, all, you know, Americans believe this, all Europeans, you know, and, and we, we overgeneralize about people instead of just listening to individuals and finding out, you know, how did you come to this conclusion? You know, what's your story? Where, where, where did you come from? Tell me about your family. You know, I mean, there's all kinds right, of... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, you can probably say that any two Christians, they don't share exactly the same belief. Yeah. Just, just the same as an atheist, you know, any two atheists are going to be totally different because it's, you know, atheism is the is the only thing where, you know, we're just the only thing that binds an atheist to another atheist is the fact that we don't believe in God. You know, but there are Republican atheists and Democratic atheists, and you know, atheists that still believe in ghosts, and you know, atheists who are practicing paganism, or atheists that do X, Y, and Z, and other atheists that don't do anything. You know, it's such a broad spectrum of, of things. So it's, I think it's best just, you know, to go in and, and you know, listen and yeah. have an actual conversation and, and, you know, be ecumenical a bit and fair to the, the person you're talking to. Yeah, definitely. So be charitable. So that, that, that really brings me to my next question. And again, I mean, I, I know, you know, we've talked about the mistakes that, uh, that Christians make, and and again, I'm I'm in that category. You know, I've I've said the wrong things and done the wrong things about atheism and to atheists. Um, so I'm in that category. But um, but what would you say that Christians need to do to earn your respect, generally speaking? Gotcha. Yeah, um, I'm not really the sort of person who uh, is under the mindset of a respect is earned. Okay. Yeah. Sort of thing. I'm I'm more of a respect is granted and then taken away should a situation call for that. Yeah, I like that. So I I'm, I don't think there's anything you can do to, to 
earn my respect. I mean, at the end of the day, you've already got it. Maybe, but. maybe impress would be, you know, what, what would a Christian do, you know, and again, somebody that, that's, that's serious about their faith, but, but at the same time might impress you that um, they're, they're not like, like the, you know, like, like we've been talking about, you know, what are some of the things that, uh, that a Christian might do that you might think, oh, okay, well, that, that's a pleasant surprise, maybe. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it would probably be, um, you know, coming into a conversation without looking for gotchas, yeah. you know? Um, you know, I, I used to engage quite a bit online. I've really toned that down quite a bit in the recent uh, months, last six months or so, but... You know, when I was when I was engaging online and trying to do what I'm doing here with you just online, which is a lot more difficult, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, there, there's always somebody going in with a gotcha question, trying to you know stump the atheist, and you know what I what I think isn't necessarily a fair thought to have. You know, so I'm going to sidetrack a little bit <laughs> here you're on good, this one. You're good. So. You know, as as a Christian, when I was when I was a Christian, I wasn't necessarily expected to know all of the answers in order to be accepted by the community. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't necessarily required to do all of the study or know the philosophy or you know understand the history and the hermeneutic and those sort of things. All I had to do was profess. My belief in God, and I was, you know, welcome. You know, welcome to the club. You're, you're a Christian. You know, you're part of us. Yeah. Um, but you know, as an atheist, um, I, I don't get that fair of a, of a treatment. You know, it's it, all of a sudden I'm expected to be an expert in philosophy and theology and history and um, hermeneutics and all these other things that are you know, tangentially related to Christianity. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, why can't I just say, you know, I'm not convinced or I don't believe in God and be accepted at that base level, you know, with without, uh, you know, without trying to start an argument. You know, say, say you ask me a question, I just say, I don't know. That's not necessarily a reason to be like, oh, we got him. He right. doesn't he doesn't have any support for his beliefs. You know, that's not quite how things work, right. you know? Right. Um but I guess what what would impress me you know, just just going into it um w- without trying to to railroad yeah. the the other person, you know? We're we're all living on this planet together trying to get along, you know, and you know, just because we don't believe the same way doesn't mean all of a sudden we need to be at odds with each other. I mean, I I can get along with a lot of Christianity in general. I have no issues with Christianity generally. You know, I don't I don't believe in a higher power. I don't necessarily believe in Christianity, but there are so many common interests that that Christians and atheists share. For some reason, we're not focusing on the commonalities. We're focusing on the differences, which yeah. is only recipe for disaster. 
Right. Um, I think we should spend more time focusing on the commonalities and and how we can, you know, bring people together, bring communities together, work together towards a common goal, whatever that common goal may be. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's where I think any any conversation, any friendship, any relationship, even just being neighbors, it has to begin with the things that we have in common. And there there are so many things we have in common. And as believers are supposed to believe that their neighbor, even their unbelieving, skeptical, atheist neighbor, is is made in the image of God. And so we we're supposed to believe that the very very best about human beings. Uh, all human beings, regardless of their faith, uh, we should think and think the best about them, give them the benefit of the doubt, treat them well. Uh, and I think all of these things are well supported in you know in the core of our faith. It's just sometimes we don't we don't necessarily practice that. So if you could boil it down, Brad, and and you could just give one top recommendation for Christians who want to engage their atheist neighbor in a conversation, uh, what would be your, your number one uh, top recommendation? Oh, man. Um, goodness, just, just be fair, if, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, just coming off of that, that last question, you know, don't, don't assume the worst of the person you're talking to. I want to thank my church family, the Church of Christ on McDermott Road, and our editor, Travis Pauly, for making this podcast possible. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I also want to invite you to check out Logos Bible Software, who has partnered with us to give our listeners a great discount. Just go to radicallychristian.com slash logos, L-O-G-O-S. I think you'll love the software and you'll get a great discount by using that link. As always, I love you, God loves you, and I hope you have a wonderful day.